the master's division seems to be for me a little bit more on my playing field, especially with my lack of like beautiful shape. You know, it's mm-hmm. more going to come down to a dog fight on who wants to be the most shredded. Gary, go put a shirt on. You're making yeah. us feel like go put a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everybody here knows I'm suffering bad for it. So you guys have all been there three weeks out and it's like, this is all the food. And, and you know what? The diet isn't even, it isn't even low. It's like, you if, you look, it's like <laughs> if you looked at this, you'd be like, this is plenty of food, man. And it's like, I'm like, it feels f-ing low to me. I like, you know, you, you, yeah, you haven't eaten to satiate. What's the word? To be, till you're satiated. Like, yeah, for like, except for the, this, the, the, the meal after my last show, that was the, mm-hmm. the happiest thing. It wasn't even like the, the actual barbecue food that I ate. It was just, I can eat all the way at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Well, I guess we'll talk when we, yeah. when we get on. Yeah, let's just bring it in. We get, you know, we already uh, got the conversation yeah, started. We missed the <laughs> yeah, first five going. minutes before we hit the button. What's <laughs> up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry, and myself, Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings, high-quality third-party tested supplements. They've got basically everything you can possibly need for bodybuilding supplements. Uh, use our code THINK for additional savings. And, of course, we're brought to you by supplementsource.ca for Canadians. And, and we are brought to you by you guys, the people of Patreon. So, anyway, let's let's just keep it going. I mean, Gary, what were you eating, man? You said you're 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 not you haven't been satiated for yeah. several weeks now since you had your your post contest meal months, but but you were once right because you had a post contest meal twice. twice. So okay, I, so so when I when I I just won the Lehigh Valley, um, I won the open overall. It was my first overall actually that I won, which was like a big hump awesome. for me. Yeah. Know, I had a few class wins. You know those class wins go. It's like. It's like good, you got the job done, but it's like there's always just like that. There's one other dude or two other dudes in the show that are just better than you. And for a, a non-shape guy like me, you always find the middleweight or the light heavyweight who is just you know his glutes are just as good or better than yours. You're you're twice the size of him, but his shape is always just phenomenal. He probably competes in the classic physique division as well. Mm-hmm. And this and it. This almost happened in this. There was a very good middleweight, and um, I knew that I won the class after the the judging. I knew I ran through the masters division, and then I was like sitting with my dad, like in in our uh, in the hotel, and I was like, "Man, I don't know how this is going to go. I really want it real bad." Um, he goes, "I think you have it because I watched that kid pose, and yeah, his glutes are a little harder than yours, but." His front side didn't have, like, much going on. I mean, he had a great V taper, great front double. But, like, what's good about my front side is it's always gnarly, especially the quads are very separate. They're not the best shape. They're not the sweepiest quads. They're just everything. There's, like, weird shit happening in there. So, it's like, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good. Dom, Dom texted me right after that. I posted that, and he goes, hit your front double exactly like that. I'm like, I think I got lucky for those pictures. I said, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like rethink what I did with my feet or, you know, what I did with my breathing that like hit that. But it was like, I, when I saw it, I was like, Oh shit, man. So that was, that was on Monday, which okay. was just under four weeks out. Okay. Um, from the universe. So the universe yep. is um, this, I'm 35 now. So, that's uh, this is the first Masters Pro qualifier. I waited till, you know, I was able, and, and you know, it's in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is like 
right down the road for me, about an hour. But that's where I've competed the Atlantic States. I, the New York Pro is there. I've been there to watch that. So it's like I've always uh, – it always sucked that when I went to pro qualifiers that I had to go really far. You know, whether it be Pittsburgh mm-hmm. probably being the, is the closest. I've been to Vegas a few times. Well, Phoenix once when the, the pandemic – USA was happening and then went back to Vegas last year and then I never did national so I never been to Florida for the pro qualifiers but it's good that it's in the backyard and I waited for that that's cool mm-hmm. you're peeled now too man like you yeah. you've gotten into some incredible shape guys we've had Gary Turner on so many times <laughs> on this show now you know you you've always been a favorite of the audience too which I love and I know that you know what it is man because you love bodybuilding and yeah. when you talk, people can see that it's always been the case when you were yeah. like, uh, you know, a, a, when you were pushing for 300 pounds, just <laughs> massive round faced yeah. Gary all the way yeah. down to, to being peeled. Now, you've never claimed that you're God's gift to bodybuilding ever. You've just been a guy that's worked really hard and just yeah. done the things we have to do in the sport, man. So you're coached by Dom, Dom Cardone, who we had yep. on the show not too long ago. How's that going? Great. Um, actually, it's a very unique experience. And, you know, and um, the, the the main difference between the whole thing, I mean, there's a lot of differences, of course, leading up to it. But, you know, he's pretty standard. There wasn't like um, there's no nonsense. So you're not getting burger and fries lead, weekly, weekly leading up to anything. It's very strict with that. Um, so, I mean, that sucks, but it's it's going to it's going to turn out well in the end. OK, um, so don't hire <laughs> but here's the here's the here's the the um you check them off the list uh, but the, the pretty the pretty crazy thing is is that when this was the first time that went during the peak we we're talking about like monday before the show when i i sent a set of pictures with every meal that i that i ate so i didn't mm-hmm. know what i was eating in the morning yeah. i never had and this is not saying anything bad about my previous coaches it's just it was less hands-on yeah, it was more yeah. just like, we'll see you the night before. Okay, uh, let's have a burger and fries, uh, have pancakes in the morning, and, and and then hope for the best. And, like, I was always good but never great. And when I started working with Dom, that's how it all kind of – um actually, Dom messaged me. And the, the thing that really, like, got me going – and actually, my wife was the one when she heard the voice message. He said, I'm tired of seeing you good but never great or never <laughs> out of this world that I know I can do it. And I was like, you know what? I never really had somebody like say that to me, you know, as hard as I've been trying in bodybuilding. So I was like, I think this is the right fit. We worked through the off season and, um, you know, and I'm going to go outside. Sorry, the dog wants to go out. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, but the, like I said, the peaking process, every, every uh, meal had a, a, a set of uh photos attached to it so it and the, mm-hmm. all the meals were different so he was like i want you to have okay a flank steak here with uh, 150 grams of rice and and it was those meals and the biggest difference was is that my stomach which is usually a problem usually like you know it comes out a little bit there's distension was super glued to my spine yeah i was able to, I was able to hit, because we weren't because the meals were normal the protein was brought down rather than pounding eight to 10 ounces of meat, like leading into that last week. And yeah. I was like, this is different, but this is phenomenal. And I was in full, full, um, you know, stomach control that I felt like, you know, everything was zeroed in, but I also knew and, and fluid was controlled at the, at the way. So he told me what to drink with each meal. And I just knew mm-hmm. that with each meal, 
that there wasn't going to be water retention around the waistline, which is always an issue. Like I used to wake wake up the morning of the show and go, "Please God, let there not be like water in my lower back or in my in my ass cheeks," because that's an, it. That was a problem area for me. Was mm-hmm. always like granite glutes, granite lower back, and it was just and it was a matter of like completely. Um, it's probably the peaking process and probably a bit of, of, of the fat loss process. So Dom doesn't hold back on that. I was going to say, Gary, from, um, you know, watching your previous shows over the years and pictures, I'd be like, man, this guy's in shape at two weeks out. He's peeled. But then on like show day, like you're saying, like it, mm-hmm. you could tell that you didn't have like an, a hands-on process mm. bringing yeah. you to the finish line. And yes. and I knew like when I saw that you were hooked up with Don, I'm like, we're going to see the best Gary yet by far. Like, like, cause I know how Dom does stuff. He does stuff like we do we, at meal by meal, yeah. water's controlled, you know, mm-hmm. it, listening to the athlete for the feedback, what's your scale weight after these three meals, et cetera. Yep. I knew, I knew he was going to bring you in and land the ship, you know, whether you won the show or not, I knew we were going to see the best Gary Turner um, yep. ever on stage so far. And I, I think it's going to be even better now that he could probably feed you up a little bit over these next three weeks going into universe. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And here's the other thing. Dom is, is flying in for the universe. He's staying in my Airbnb with me. Oh, that's so it's fun, awesome. man. That's cool. So, and I, and again, I've never had that. I've never had a coach with me at a show and I've done 17 shows over 13 years and I've always oh. been alone. So I've never, now that hyped me all up. I know I'm yeah. in good hands. I can't guarantee that some super freak's not going to show up. That could happen. You know, hopefully I'm the, I'm the super freak, but like, you know, it, but, but I will be at my best, you know, and, and, you know, everything is pretty calm going into it. So, you know, everything's kind of starting to align a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say right now, anybody who's watching this show right now, who's going to be there in the audience, you mother better be cheering for Gary. <laughs> you better be, man. Already- I already commented I feel, on his posts. I, I, feed, I already commented I feed on his posts. I want to see Gary. I want to see him win. I, I, yeah. I really do. I, I've become it, a big fan of him. You know, years. it will. It, it would be uh, like unreal. And and I, I, some some of the viewers might know this, but if I do win, I'm retiring on the spot. There's no okay. that's that's the ceiling. I want to go out on top. You know, the the goal was the pro card. Didn't know if it would ever, you know, happen. Still don't know if it will ever happen. But it's um, you know. Why I'm so excited for the Masters division compared to the Open division is we know that I was good in the Open division, but there was always just a couple 24-year-old uh, Stu Sutherland, beef stew, that just shows up at the end. It's like, well, what the f*** do you want me to do with that? I don't, I'm not like that. You know, and there's just always somebody that emerges. You know, I always had a decent, besides, besides the 2020 North Americans, um, I always had a decent place there. I placed 10th uh, at the USA last year. My highest was fifth the one year in the super heavies. And it was like, I was always like good. They were always respectable. But like the master's division seems to be, for me, a little bit more on my playing field, especially with my lack of like beautiful shape. You know, it's mm-hmm. more going to come down to a dog fight on who wants to be the most shredded and who's going to get rewarded. And then we know Steve's going to judge the show. So he likes that. It's a dogfight on conditioning, and it's a dogfight in terms of like who has the least missing or damaged body parts at that point. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. What, and like, I like it. Like, I mean, I dealt, I dealt with the pec tear for the, for years, and it's always like, you know, you know if, if you're going to have pec tears and you're not going to have non-sweepy um, quads like I have, like you got to be like, holy shit, that dude shredded. And I've never been like, holy shit. So it's like. There's where that's where the issues were on stage is that you know you you're you're 
if you're not going to be crazy conditioned or like something we've never seen before, then you're going to have to have a beautiful physique or you're going to fall short, especially at that pro qualifier level, you know? I also think that if you're doing, you know, like the 35 plus masters qualifiers, like the guys in those, in that group, just like you alluded to, don't have those God given genetics for the most perfect shape, the structure, it would you know, be 24 year it, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's so what yeah. I'm getting at is that it's guys that really love bodybuilding. Like they've done mm-hmm. it so long that they're like, I'm gonna keep giving it everything I got until mm-hmm. I get to that finish line. And I really I for one appreciate it because I remember, you know, hearing stories about Matt Porter giving major props to you for your work ethic ten years ago, I feel like it was talking about, yeah. you know, ordering you to do three hours of cardio a day and you're like, Yep, okay, cool, whatever. On top of like, you know, multiple zero carb days and then oh, we're gonna do sixty minutes of hit today broken up into three twenty minute hit workouts. You're like, cool, send it to me, you know? So knowing that you're willing to do whatever a coach says to me, I really appreciate that because that's what I look for in my athletes. But it's also, it, I guess, major respect, major props for literally saying, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. I'll eat as much as I have to in the off season. I'll eat as little as I have to during contest prep to look my best come show day. And you've done that. So yeah. so you're a winner in my book is what I'm saying. You're a young, that. old head. I, yeah, I, that's how I, because of the passion and because of, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, how the, you know, our generation you know, loves the process so much more than crossing the finish line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to transition too early. So Scott might text me and tell me to, to you know, <laughs> we can always circle but, back around for everything else. So well, we're- well, what I'm wondering is, you know, you touched on this earlier and I was thinking about it because I, I heard you say this on social media, but why the transition to why retire? Now, I, I get that you, you'll be on top. You're going out like on a positive. Don't get me wrong. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's admirable. But because you love the process and because of your passion, what the f- are you going to do? And is it possible that you're going to change your mind, you know, like the rest of us do <laughs> and miss I, it and be like, well, so far, all Gary said is that if he wins, he'll retire. Okay, oh, no, but no, no. that's oh, only okay. now. That's just, I didn't hear that before. I heard it was pretty much like this is yeah, the last. But on the, the show here, ride. yeah, that's what I thought. But I, on the show, you that's what you just said was, if I win, I'll retire on the spot. There's well, been no other talk of retirement. I'll clarify it. Um, the, the passion is there. And you know what? The passion has reignited since winning this last week. But it's not the same. And, and I hope this doesn't come to like a surprise or like, like a disappointment to the viewers, but it's not the same as what it once was. The days that Matt Porter was making me do those, um, those hit cardios. And there, there was a very big, like proving ground for me where like, I wanted to prove to him even directly that like, that I was somebody that, that, that should at least be taken seriously, that I'm at least trying, you know, that underdog type, the, the, the Rudy, you Mm -hmm. remember the Rudy Rudy, like he wasn't the best, but he was just trying really hard, yeah. and 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 so that's kind of how I was. But right now, to be honest with you, my I guess I, we talked off the air about my son wrestling. You know, it's um he he um that's taken a lot of my time, and that's truly what I'm really focused on right now. Now I have all my meals there, I have all my scheduled uh, trainings and everything like that. I'm still trying to win. However, it's almost it, it, it's a transition period for me now to be the dad of the wrestler who and and run with him on that. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to finish the job of of the whole thing and not um, there there 
are times where I get to the point where I know that I'm just very disciplined and I will do everything asked of me because I'm disciplined, not because I thoroughly want to do it with like yeah. it's starve. You know what I'm saying? Like there are guys that there are guys that like a Roman Fritz that that literally love to eat that way. Yeah. I I like burgers as much as the next guy. Roman <laughs> does not. He he tur- turned pro and had an apple. That's what he had after his <laughs> after, like I'm not like that. You trust me. There's celebrations going on like after I win. So if you ask me years ago, yes, the passion was there. The passion right now is mainly run by discipline is that I just can't look myself in the mirror and, and, and half ass it. That's where I'm at right now where it's like, okay, well, if I'm in prep, if I'm going to do this show that I'm going to do it correctly, I'm going to do it as hard as I can. If not at a harder level than I've ever done it, but it's not a matter of, I love this. So hmm. whereas the passion towards uh, my son's wrestling has really taken uh, like over in, in place of that. So that's kind of how I've um, said, like, if I go out on top, it would be to go out. It's not so much the body, but it's mainly that I want to finish the job. And if it doesn't happen at the universe, there's Masters Nationals three weeks after that. If it doesn't have a Masters Nationals, there's North Americans, which is about – I don't know, maybe two weeks after that. So two or three. If yeah. I can't, yeah, if I can't do it in a master's class in three tries, we got to have some conversations on what's going on. And, you know where? Okay. Like do I, now? Now do I think I'm going to do it? Yes, I do think I would do it. Do I think I'm going to do well in those sh- in those shows? Absolutely. I can't guarantee who's going to show up. I can't guarantee a win or anything like that. Do I think that I'm going to be fifteenth place? No. Do I think I'm going to be tenth? No. But. You know, you know, you're going to be in the mix, right? Yeah. It, do I think no, I'm going to be the first call in, in first call out in the Masters? Yeah, probably, but I can't guarantee that I'll be standing in the middle. So it's like, you know, we'll, we'll see from there. You know, you've always we been are- a guy though, too. Who you you? I remember years, several years ago, you saying, "Hey, I, you know, I'm not going to do this all my life. The amount of gear that you have to use That's to do this thing, thing I don't want to continue to take that, you know, into my 40s and be one of those guys." Yep, and and that's the other thing. Like, listen, and and people, I'm I'm open about it. I don't lie about it. I mean, my gear usage is it's not like you know it's not like Nasser was back in the day. You know, five thousand milligrams of test, but it's substantial. Yeah, I'm not one of these five hundred tests, four hundred deca, and 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 just you know, and, and this built this whole thing. I mean, we pushed it at certain times. I've gotten off a lot of times. I've I've went TRT where you know you go 175, 200 milligrams and so, uh, for a lot of the time, but. I don't, you never know. We always hear about, oh, this guy passed away or, you know, this and that. And it's like, right. I'm not trying to get in line there, man. So you have to know and where it is and what is a big contributing factor that age. You don't, mm-hmm. besides like Dallas McCarver, you don't see a 26-year-old guy go down unless it's a really big hereditary or like very abusive gear use. Um, but... There's if you I I started gear in 2008, so that's a long time. It's 2023, so that's a lot of compounding, um, th- you know, like that. I mean, I've always got my blood work, I've gotten scans, and things were good, but you never know. So if you you and your body doesn't react when you get older, like when I say react, I mean like handle the shit as as well and and resilient as as much as when you were in your 20s. Yeah. So those are just those are just things to consider. Is that like. You know, there were, I, I used to be so into bodybuilding, like this psychotic guy that, like, 
I used to make peace with myself that if I die, as sick as it sounds, like I might die from this, and but I'm going for it. Hmm. And I'm not that guy anymore where I'm now listening like, dude, there's a life after this. There's a kid that I'm hoping is going to win a state and national wrestling title. And damn it, I have to be there for it, pro or no pro card. You know, hmm. so it's just a mature, you know, a mature shift, you know, with it. I, I'm happy that I had that. Uh, it really kind of started happening this past year, like in the off season, and I'm and I'm really happy that and relieved that I was able to kind of transition that way because there was a time where I didn't know that if I would ever be able to get out of bodybuilding, like like mm. mentally, would I be able to let go of the muscle? Would I be able to not be the big dude or the pe- the person that people stare at? And honestly, the wrestling really helped me transition. I go to these matches, I wear a hoodie. I don't want you to notice me. I want you to say, hey, your kid looked really good out there, man. That's the ultimate thing. I don't want you to notice me or I don't show up with sleeveless shirts or anything like that. So, you know, I always worried. I'm like, am I going to be able to get, am I going to need to go to a shrink, you know, to, uh, to like convince me that I'm okay with this? And and then once I got to that point, I'm like, no, you'll be fine. You're fine. So I've had four kids and I didn't like any of them as much as you like yours. Uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very big pride thing. I mean, the wrestling, the wrestling is like you know because we we handle that like as like a parallel with bodybuilding. He's known me obviously since he was born, but he's been seeing me bodybuild since then. Yeah. And you know, there was times I've called him from the gym and prep like, like, hey, I don't feel like training right now, but I'm gonna do it. In the same way, you like you need to practice when when practice is scheduled, but you might not have the energy to do it. You just got to do it. So those lessons and values are you know, go hand in hand, even though it's different. I wanted to touch on that because I watched a lot of your videos that you post of, of your son and his wrestling feats and in the practices you guys do. And I can tell you're a very involved father, like co- basically another coach to him. And, and yeah. then I also heard something you said a minute ago about how you're sitting in the hotel room with your dad and your dad yeah. had no problem telling you, yeah, the other guys, he, he definitely has better glutes than you. He's got better shape than you. Like what I'm getting at is that your whole family is very realistic with where you are and the work it's going to take to get what you want done. And I think that's yeah. really refreshing. Like your dad wasn't blowing smoke up your ass saying, Oh, you got this thing. It's easy. Like you're going to blow him out of the water. He was yeah. pointing out the basic facts that you saw as well. And I also want to say that I think your son has definitely picked up the lessons and disciplines that bodybuilding teaches us. And you can yeah. tell it's been instilled in him with the way he practices, the way he attacks his sport. And honestly, like I fully expect this kid to be an Olympic wrestler someday, just, just watching <laughs> some of your videos and stuff, you know, I mean, I don't know other kids his age that practice on any sport the way I see the videos you guys post. Cause yeah. it's not just like once a year, you're posting videos like every other Frequent. day of him doing his. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this kid's at it again. Like this kid loves his sport. He definitely is disciplined. It's, it's crazy. That's fun to watch. That's the thing. The, the 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 discipline and passion that he has for wrestling, I noticed it. And and listen, he's pretty passionate about like you know he's like that with football too. But but especially the wrestling. Um, and I kind of just ran with it because I noted I noticed that he's like different he himself than the other kids. You know, he might those other kids might win right now. It happens. You know, maybe they're a little bit more talented at the time and and that, and that sort of thing. But you never have to drag him out to wrestle. And then he he has like his odd thing where he's very, very intelligent. So he knows like the history of the wrestling. Like he knows wrestlers from like the 1980s. The other eight year olds don't know that. So he'll, if you ask him, who's the starting lineup of Penn state, he'll know. So we'll go 
to these tournaments. We're going to a tournament um, in uh, Newark, New Jersey on Saturday. It's the senior level to make the world team. The winners of these matches will make the world team. So it's the who's who of wrestling. It's like basically going like, you know, like the Arnold or something like that. And and so like when we go on, I'm like, dude, you're going to have Nick Walker there. You're going to have, you know, Phil. He, it's that's how he is when he's when he sees these wrestlers and he'll probably be able to meet them and, you know, take pictures with them. So I recognize that at an early, you know, pretty early time. So I kind of just like um, indoctrinated him a little bit. I kind of just put him around it. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're in a lot of like these like club rooms where these not the senior level guys, but well-known wrestlers are guys that he knows from YouTube and stuff. And I'll put him in there and it like, kind of like amps him up to like, to, to like get going with it, you know, and it, it it's kind of just by design, like let it all rub off on him. Yeah. And that's how the bodybuilding kind of did with, 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 you know, with his, with his wrestling, just like monkey see monkey do. And that's yeah. how, and that's how, how I do it with him. Would, would you say that, there's probably something to be said about body being such an individual sport and wrestling being such an individual sport, how he carried, okay, dad does this, 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 he eats his meals, mm-hmm. he does his training. And then he's like, okay, I'm responsible for my output. I'm responsible mm-hmm. for how I perform. It's not a team effort. And I mean, it's a team effort in terms of mom yes. driving me to practice, dad helped me out, et cetera. But it's not when I'm on the mat, it's me against the other guy. Just yes. like when we go out, it's us against the five or six other guys in the call out. Yep. It's, and, and um, it's, you get the glory or you also take the beating. So that's yeah. the thing. It sucks in bodybuilding when you get your freaking ass kicked, but it also it feels damn good when you're the winner. Now in football, you you could suck and your running back could run 300 yards and score five touchdowns and you win the game, mm-hmm. but it's just a different glory. Or you could play, you could score five touchdowns, but your team, your defense plays like shit and you lose the game and now you're like, well, we didn't win, but I played well. So yeah, it's an individual thing. But uh, one metaphor that I always use with him is called stacking bricks. So I tell him every practice or lifting or whatever we do that's involving wrestling is putting another brick on a wall. And when you go out there, the guy with the highest wall is going to win the match. Hmm. You know, and and that's just like you know that's about as basic as you could put it. Is that just keep stacking bricks every practice? If you if those guys are going four days a week, you go five. You know, and and it just, you know, it's my job at that point to to, to pull him back for re- recovery purposes when he needs it. If if I tell he's like, you know, wrestling slow motion, I'll be like, well, maybe Monday he needs off. Maybe Sunday we don't go to that practice because he needs to to chill because he just wrestled six days in a row. So that's my, but but I don't have to kick him in the ass to get out the door, and I think that that's. Part genetic. I know we use the word genetic, but I mean, I guess for wrestling, it'd be like mentally genetic, but because of the way he is and his passion, but also it's circumstantial because between me and my wife, I mean, we've just like surrounded him that like, you know, there's parents are like, oh, you don't feel like going. "Eh, I don't want to, you know, don't go, you know, or they themselves don't feel like driving. So they're unmotivated parents that will hurt. The people don't factor that in is that sometimes the most motivated parents at least in the beginning when they're young kids can get them off on the right foot. So you can't be lazy in that sense either. So, you know, it's, a, but it's good. It's a, it's definitely parallel to it. And it's, we, we, we've done, you know, we, I said we're, we're doing football come the fall time. He's had three seasons of football, but it's nothing. Bodybuilding didn't teach him anything in football. You know what I mean? He plays well because it's a physical sport, but the wrestling is where it's like, man, this kid's a little different. 
and I think that's because, you know, between him and what his dad's doing at home, I think that it's a little kind of like that. Well, even outside of your relationship with your son, clearly it's it's very good. The dynamic is obvious, but mm. he's coachable, and mm. even at, at a very young age. Now, I, I will say this: after raising four kids, um, wait until he's a little older and he yeah. gets into those teenage years. But the reason I say that is not because oh yeah, he's going to not want to listen to you. But those challenges will be there. And if he continues to listen to you and continues to be coachable, that's why I agree with Andrew. He is potentially unstoppable at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. How old is how old is your son? Eight. He just turned eight in April. Yeah. So and, and the only I reason thought he was I like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. He looked, well, that's okay. I thought I thought Gary was old. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know how he, he listen to this. He's not like lean by any means. He's a little on the, he's a big kid. He weighs eighty two pounds. He's under five foot. He's about maybe like four seven or something. He's taller. But I was in sixth grade I wrestled the seventy three pound weight class. So me and my wife, she's small. I don't know where this size he is big. <laughs> he's gonna be like he's gonna come into like high school at like one seventy five, one eighty, which is like an upperclassman weight to wrestle and he's going to be like a freshman and I'm like so but I was on test anadrol EQ <laughs> and trend when I conceived him which was pure luck we know damn right with that cycle you are shut the fuck down and I remember well, I remember trying and it wasn't working and I'm like okay and I, I, I remember googling uh, an HCG protocol remember Dr. Scally from oh yeah yes. like and yeah, the, it was like an HCG blast that had happened within a month when I just threw HCG. Now, that could be purely coincidental, but that it just happened. It could have been happened whether I did the HCG or not. But I was – we were sitting there going, is there some sort of like epigenetic transfer to this kid? <laughs> He's got some the trend. trend that you were on, for the trendy one that made him bigger or like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. But it's like – it's Serious just, question, it, though. Genetically, we're not big. Serious question, though. Yeah. Because we all know that bodybuilders tend to have girls, especially yep, when I was they're on. Go there they, too. Are we sure that he's yours? <laughs> <laughs> you beat, he he was born, you beat when, well when he, played. Well played. That was a, that was a born, skip question. <laughs> when he was born, the first thing I said was, when he came out, his face looked exactly like my dad's. I'm like, oh, wow. it looks like my dad. So that was like a, that, that right within the second. There, that was uh, the first, literally the first thing I said. So it's um, the word true. It's very simple, it's only four letters, but it's got a vast meaning. It's about legitimacy. This has to be the real deal. My whole philosophy in everything in life is progression. If I'm not progressing, I am frustrated. You know, back in the 90s, I was known as the guy who put muscle mass on people who were stuck. There were things happening in the industry that weren't good. And in April of 2003, Doug and I started True Nutrition. We put the money into the jug, into the bag. That's where the money goes. We're in lab coats, we're in the back, we're manufacturing this stuff. So if it's not worthy enough for me, it's not worthy enough for my business partner, it's not worthy for you. Whether you're a bodybuilder, a triathlete, whoever you are, whatever your goal is, it is customized to you. I developed my reputation as a no BS kind of guy. I'm Dante Trudeau, half owner of True Nutrition.
Well, let's bring it back to you a little bit and you know, your training history and everything has you, I want to know, has your training training changed over the last yeah. couple of years? Have you been doing anything different to Dom influence that? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Well, Dom only allows me to go to the gym four days a week and I've asked to go five. And he's like, no, you'll be fucking 205 pounds. You'll burn through it more, more. You goes, four days is fine. You're training well with that. So I take three days off. However, the, when I was, I'd say around 2020 to last season, I was on the, I had all the notebooks. I was writing down the exercises. I was doing the progressive overload, beat the top log book, you know, the dusty handshot type, type of training. You know, you just do the feeder sets and then you would hit the big one. When I got to this year, and I don't want to say like the passion left and I'm not training hard. It's just I kind of came to the realization that I don't want to have to worry walking into the gym if I'm about to tear something. Like I used to worry on those those progressive overloads. Like like I used to leave and go, "Thank you, God, for not tearing my quad today." Or <laughs> like I I made it I made it another another workout, and I was like, "Okay, but how much better am I getting from doing that? One yeah. percent, if that." So it came a time, and maybe that time frame, I needed to do that at that point to learn how to really train hard. Now, honestly, it's more of I don't have a notebook. I, I do the same movements, but it's more by feel. So it's like, okay, that shoulder press felt great. We're going to hit another set. We're going to volumize it a little bit more. So it's it's not like a pinball in the gym where I'm running all over the gym just doing random things, but it's a little bit more um, – like using a little bit less, more of your um, intuition. Less rigid. Yes, and less rigid. And I think that the success and the the conditioning that's come from doing that is from the lack of stress. Okay. Um, lack, lack of – I used to have graphs and stuff, and I need to beat this by two reps. And I think that nerd – I'm not a nerd like that. So that was all, again, very disciplined to try to – I always say to try to close genetic gaps on stage with guys with much better genetics, and it doesn't work. We all know that it doesn't work. If that guy's genetics are that much better than you, he's going to whoop your ass. I don't care how perfect you are. you know. So it's like at some point I was like, why am I so calculated like this if there's a guy who's going to show up on stage drinking like regular Coke and he's going to still (laughs) unleash hell on me? Yeah. And I'm – so like I – there was things that I – allowed in my life to make it less stressful like i drank i put mio in my water i never was that guy i used to think if i only drank water in prep that that would be the difference i'd be more shredded than him i didn't drink any chew any chewing gum nothing like that now i have a couple pieces to get me through the day so it was like i was just very rigid and that's what i mean gary that's what i was alluding to like you would literally if there was even the inkling of a doubt that it was going to hurt your look on show day 20 weeks out, you're like, I'm not doing any of that for the next 20 weeks. That, that's what I'm getting at. Like, but, where, where I was talking to you about it, like that feel, attitude, of, which I is amazing th- to me. I think that 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 gave me the, um, like, the reputation, but I do think that that neuroticism yeah. was 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 detrimental to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, so I, and I kind of just got to the point where, like, it doesn't mean fuck around. It doesn't mean put, like, syrup on my on my stuff, that, you know, or, or do something crazy. But in the same sense, it's like, dude, chill out a bit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just, just, and I started to try to like retro 
think back to when I first started training. We didn't know any of this stuff. It's almost like we got too smart for our own good. Yeah. yeah. Remember how dumb point. and naive we were? And it was like we would just go and clang and bang and we progressed better probably because we weren't thinking. Obviously, we were newer, but we weren't thinking as much. So it's like I kind of tried to like go back a bit to that. And it was like, who said you can't do a dumbbell row and a barbell row? Why? Because <laughs> these nerds online said that you have to go from right. this angle and pull your elbow like this. And the, dude, just can get a good workout, a hard workout where you walk out like, damn, my back is big. Because the guys that do that, that you that, that show up on your stage that have a gigantic back probably doesn't know what the fuck a lat is. He probably <laughs> just had some motions in there. And like Ronnie Coleman didn't know all that shit. Ronnie no, Coleman no. did not know what a blood glucose monitor was. <laughs> and, and, and I know we're talking about the genetic elite. We're talking about all that. But I do think that that nerdy approach to bodybuilding is really, really ruining it. And Dom's mm-hmm. told me, like even like getting for the diet and stuff, he goes, let me do the thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do nothing. He goes, it's my job to figure out if you're flat. It's my job. He goes, I want you to look this way right now. Like there was times that like on Tuesday before the show, I'm like, I eat a meal. I'm like, and we take pictures. I'm like, I'm still fine. He goes, I want you to be flat. Mm-hmm. Just eat the meal. And I was no. like, okay, I, I got it. He goes, I, you are exactly where I want you right now. I don't want you blasting full right now. We have a problem if you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know where. Because then your gut would look big. Then your stomach would look big on show day probably. Right. Right. You know what amazes me is that you've gotten this far, Gary, and you're just now making this transition into like being able to find middle ground. Mm-hmm. I feel like I see a lot of guys that get started and they get into it and they go full bore and everything's got to be 100% perfect and then something snaps. And it usually snaps a lot faster than it snapped for you. It blows my mind that you've been able to maintain that like all the way up to now. You know, and at yeah. the same time, it, it, you're better. It's a better look. So it's not like just you're give just up. maintaining the same look by, yeah. you know, pulling back a little. You're actually benefiting. I mean, if there's a takeaway, you know, for the listeners here is that that's a pretty, pretty big takeaway right there. Great point. Pulling Kevin. back and getting better. Yeah. Great point. Yep. Yep. It's it's um, it, it's it's a hard concept for a personality like mine. You know, you know, some people just simply don't care. They don't have that issue. But then there's the the uh, you know the kind of uh, the neurotic kind that are just really trying to be great, and they know that they're at a, at a disadvantage. You know, and that kind of made us into this way. You know, I knew from a very early age that your genetics aren't great, so you're going to have to work twice as hard as everybody else. It, it got to, but it got to the point where there are some people that if they show up to my show, I don't care how great of an effort I put, I'm still going to lose. That's bodybuilding. That if Big Rami wants to show up in off season shape at my show, he's going to win. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, so it's like, it, there's nothing you can do about that. So, um, at that point, it's like, dude, just chill out because that extra worrying or that extra effort is not going to get you the win. The the win is going to be, it's going to be circumstantial. It's going to be you showing up a certain way. And if the stars align for a guy like me, if a guy like Keon was all out, he's going to win no matter who's in the lineup, but yeah. that's a different circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it's that like maybe that contributed, 
would you say that that stress that you probably placed on yourself with the neuroticism probably contributed from for, to you from going from like a 305 in the offseason thinking, okay, I'm going to be like 240 on stage. I'm going to be a, a, a high-end super heavyweight. And then seeing yeah. that number keep coming down, down, down to where like, man, I'm like 220 and, and I still have like three more pounds to go before, I, before my glutes are in. I'm going to be a heavyweight again. Do you think that that contributed to those wild swings and, and just the neuroticism alone, the stress you placed on yourself made it so you had to keep dropping and dropping. You probably maybe lost a little bit of tissue in that process due to the stress. Yeah, the worst, and that was my worst placing. Um, hmm. That was when I first got with Palumbo in 2020. So I did 2019, I was off, and I did it myself. And when I said, when I, when I got to 300, it was, everybody thinks it was like pizzas every day. Man, I still stuck to the one cheat meal a week. It was just big time food. There was a lot of insulin involved. There was le very little, not very little cardio, but we're talking like 20 minutes of just walking on the treadmill. There should have been more movement than that if I, with the conditioning that I was on, uh, it, it was in. But the thing is, is that when Dave got me, I was w full blown. Dave didn't make me that way. Dave was like, you're yeah. a little heavy, man. Um, and, 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 and then so we dieted down and we just like, like Andrew said, it just kept going and going and going. And I ended up in the heavyweight in that pandemic North Americans and I got walloped. There was like 40 heavyweights. Everybody showed up for that freaking show. And I was 222 and still not conditioned. I remember so, that. And then mm -hmm. I and I stayed leaner with Dave through the offseason that next year. And I had a big 2021 where I showed up as a super and I was like 230. Was I as was I shredded? It was a good combination, but I wasn't by any means like peeled out of my mind. I was it was good enough to like for the fifth at the USA in the supers, and I took seventh in the in the North Americans a few weeks after that. It was a nice combination. I looked like a freak, but it was just you know now it's an all out conditioning thing, and so that's why I'm and the, I mean Andrew, you know there's only heavyweights in the Masters. Yeah, uh, I was going to say so you could be. It doesn't matter oh, if yeah. you're two seven if you're two oh five or two seventy. It don't matter. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're in condition at that point. Mm -hmm. Then, then Masters Nationals. Um, you got your weight it, classes. You, got you your have typical. the weight, cla weight classes. Yeah. But that would uh, we're not even focused on that right now. But would I like to be a super there and in the condition I am? Yeah. How do, how, do I figure that out? I hope Dom can figure that out. And because if, <laughs> if we're talking numbers, we know that the supers don't usually show up as well as you know a heavy would because they're usually a little bit more shapely in the heavyweight division. The, 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 the supers are either usually six foot seven or they're wildly out of shape and fat. So it's like you can sneak I can and the numbers are lower. You know? I can attest to that, Gary, because, you know, when I did the Masters Nationals in 2021, um, I was actually astounded because there were guys that genetically, like if they were in shape, I would have been relegated to fourth or fifth. And they just showed up looking five weeks out and that yeah, might even be yeah. generous. Like there was one black guy in general that I could think of. He kind of almost had like Carlos like dimensions with like the thickness of the arms and legs, uh, yeah. Carlos Thomas. And yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I see the guy with like a shirt on and I'm like, Oh man, like, I'm Jesus gonna wax. yeah, I'm going to get waxed today. And then he takes his shirt off and I'm like, dude, you've got like lower back fat, like lower back fat, like not, not talking like, Oh, like his lower back could be dug out more. He had like stuff hanging over the trunks a little bit. No and I'm kidding. like, Oh, he, he's going to get pushed off the side. I don't have to worry about him. So yeah, yeah. I think your, your, your mindset here of I'm going to be the most peeled Gary Turner I can be. I, I think that's going to bode well. For if you. I, if I have to go to that show and I could be appealed out and wait two twenty five and three quarters, two twenty six, I would be happy. I don't care what the weight is even on stage but I would like to be in that class. 
What were because you for I, this last show? What what was your weight there? Two two twenty one. Two twenty one. Okay. Two twenty one. We came down, and I was before I started prep. I was two fifty, and obviously mm-hmm. Dom kept me in good shape. So that was two twenty one. Honestly, that 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 we weighed in the night before, but Dom was controlling water because that's how he does it. So mm-hmm. my weight wasn't jumping high. The lowest that I saw on the scale was two eighteen and a half. Okay. So. So I was okay. a 218 flat, you know, and then, you know, I was going to bed around 221. I got on for that weigh-ins were Friday night, so I was almost done eating. Water was very, was pretty much shut off at that point, so it wasn't like I could drink a bunch of fluid. And I was glad that that happened, though, because there was no super heavies. Okay. I would have got the class win, and then I would have got the overall, but it was there was eight heavyweights there, so it was a good class win. That's um, awesome, the guy, yeah. the guy in second was pretty like it was i won that handily but he wasn't bad it was another mm-hmm. guy that if he was peeled he probably would have beaten he had better delts he had just, it was just you know if you leave that door open especially at the, you know at a, at a local level i'm gonna beat you so it's like mm-hmm. you know and and um i was just happy with the outcome that i was able to actually compete in a class and not just be like Nobody wants to get first in like the super heavies and then lose the overall that's like the, you <laughs> lost that day. you didn't, win, you didn't exactly. win anything Exactly. Especially if there's like, if if you're the only guy in a class and then you got to go in an overall and you get like pushed off side, you're like, fuck, man, I I shouldn't have done this show today. It's like (laughs) the worst. It's the worst. Even if there's like three guys and the other two guys are out of shape, it's just as bad. You're like, okay, I did my homework, but you know. But it by going into the universe, it is kind of it's good for me to know that there's only a heavyweight class, so we don't have to worry about weight. If if two eleven is the weight, you know that uh, Weinberger, you know, tells Dom, you like, listen, he's got to drop him down. Then we go, then we do it, you know, then 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 then, then do it, and it's probably going to be a phenomenal look, and that's the end of it. But you know, right now I'm a, I'm still a little bit off. I, I weighed in, uh, I was about two twenty one this morning, so okay. so it's um you know. I, I, we we report it, but I don't worry about it because it, it depends what you eat. If you have a you know a, a, an off day and that that diet's lower, it's, you, well you're going to be fucking flatter and smaller the next morning. So <laughs> you got to go pretty soon, don't you, Gary? I know you guys have to get going to to practice. Yeah, if I, we, we could go for a little bit longer if you want. You know, a couple all minutes. Right. Or, I know. wanted to ask you something. I wanted to sure. ask. So so with all the experience you've had now, with, with yeah. you know you've been doing this a long time as we've been talking about. What would be the advice you would give to the newer guys who are maybe following in your footsteps, guys that are really hardcore and that they're putting everything into it? I would say two things, and and this has to deal with the hardcore, but also the one thing I say to new competitors, because I'm seeing this, I posted about this. We have too many new competitors out there because of the social media era that are they, they might even be friends with national guys or pro guys, and they're like, I want to wait until I have a pro level physique before I do a show. I always tell these guys, listen, that's stupid. I said, you should have a decent enough physique to do a show. But I didn't even know what a striated glute was at my first show. That wasn't even a thought. I wanted abs and I got waxed at the Atlantic States in 2010, but I had a great time. I had a smile on my face. I did the, the prep was the competition. I completed the prep. Yeah. You should look at it as a journey and a challenge, more so than a placing. Everybody, the only pressure that people feel is because they want to run to social media and just give the good news mm-hmm. to everybody. Other than mm-hmm. that, that's what. If you could get that out of your head, 
It's just the journey, complete the challenge. Like people go to, and I use this uh, comparison. What about the Boston Marathon, the New York Marathon? How many people run it? Do you think that they're trying to beat the Kenyans that are running that in two hours? <laughs> they know they're not beating it. They know they can't compete. They're trying to finish the race. That's the challenge. So for the first show, do the show. If you, you know, if you've been in the gym three years, four years, you got a base, do the show. You're probably not going to have that many people in your class. You're going to have a good time. You're going to get a feel for it if you even like it. And that's your baseline. Then you improve from there and you work things out. But I, I see too many guys that are like running out there like, I'm going to wait till I have an Olympic, uh, Olympia level physique like Nick Walker. I'm like, Nick Walker didn't have a physique like that. He sucked at his first show also, like everyone else. And so, and, and with the hardcore guys, I would say um, it, you're not, there are still people that, that are like that out there. Um, avoid the, either the gyms or as much as you can, the people that are ruining this, this sport and the gym culture, because it's happening everywhere. You know, it's just becoming ridiculous with the, with the tripods and stuff like that. <laughs> I would say, I would say, um, I'm not saying don't post on social media because that's hypocritical. I do post frequently. I take pictures at the end. Um, I understand that the times have changed, but in the same sense, your entire workout should not be a fucking movie. You're not right. Steven Spielberg. You should not be. You should not be orchestra. If you if you if you have to do that, hire a film crew that yeah. that work around you. But I am not going to go. Okay, I got to get my tripod over here. I'll take one every so often. And usually, if I'm posting a training video, like I posted a um, a rope pullover yesterday, that's because I got paid by the company that put the rope pullover, so I had to put it up. So it's like the the the. the what these guys are doing is I know they're trying to create content, but it's affecting their training. If you're a hardcore guy that, that, that is not about that, then stay with what you're doing. You'll probably be better off in the long run with it, you know, because you don't need sponsorships or to have a gigantic following to be a nasty bodybuilder. Half the guys that win at these shows are some guy with no fucking social media and training a barn. And they, and they fucking show up with like a rag top on it and beat the living daylights out of everybody with 50,000 social media followers. It's happened to me plenty of times. Yeah. Or they got like an iPhone 7 and just can't afford anything better and don't pay attention, you know? It right. doesn't There's. It doesn't matter on stage. Nobody knows that. So it yep. doesn't... It, 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 people are like, oh, it's political. I'm like, there's no, there's no politics. No. <laughs> Those... I, I, I love those people. The sign. I love the politic people, or even the people from the stands. Are like, yeah, no, it's all politics. I go, so yeah, that judge is trying to get out of here in a timely fashion so he can go eat dinner. That's about it. He doesn't give a shit that you yeah. that that you got spray tanned by this spray tan company over here, and you know, and and they're tied in. But there's not some big conspiracy. They just trying to get it's it's the freaking Idaho Potato Classic that you're freaking doing. What do you mean, yeah, the that's what I always say. <laughs> you're not that important that yeah, someone thing, is overlooking man. you or putting you up higher. Don't he must know somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He must know. I got I got one for you. Okay. I got one for you. So regardless of, you know, whether it's universe or masters nationals or North Americans, depending on, you know, whatever happens this year. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say, actually, let's go back. Let me go back. Let me say universe. Okay. Cause that's, what's coming up. Yeah. Would you rather win your class and the coveted card or, and let's say you look good, but maybe not your absolute best. Okay. Or would you rather get second place? And, and, and when you look at those pictures, you're like, I can't even believe that was me. Like, I look so amazing. I, my mind's eye never thought I could look that good. Uh, so you just lost this one better. I'd rather, I'd rather, 
I, I'd rather win the card, even if I wasn't, because I know it'd be decent. But I could tell, the, you know, the difference. But it's it's at a point where it mm-hmm. would be a gigantic weight off my shoulders. You know, this this prep hasn't been easy um, in terms of you know, like I said, we were talking off air. I mean, like I'm starving. You know, it's just part of the game. It's nothing I'm not used to. Yeah. Um. You know, I've been in here plenty of times before. It's just not how I like anybody would like to live their life. You know, I definitely, we all feel like a sense of being like lonely or like alone when you're in a contest, right? Because you're the only person feeling that way. People could be around you. They can help you out, but you're the one who's got to go to bed hungry, Mm. you know? So it's (laughs) like, that's where like the, I always say that, and I use this for anybody, the contest preps metaphor is like you at 16 weeks or 20 weeks, you lock yourself into a dark tunnel the door locks behind you and you walk towards the little light and you just keep walking. You can't get out. So that's the only way to exit the prep is to get to the end of the show. So it's like, I would, I would, um, I I'm working hard, but I would love for that to end right then and there at the, at the mm-hmm. universe. I can feel that. I can feel yeah. that. Gary, you're one of my favorite people that I've ever had on, <laughs> by the way. Honestly, I'm not. I appreciate that. I, I, I don't just say that. I agree. But you genuinely are, man. You're one of my favorite people that I've ever had on the shows. It is always a freaking pleasure to to bring Absolutely. you on. And I would just love to come on. We set you loose, man, and you just freaking go every time. I'm a, talk, I'm a talker. <laughs> I, I remember when I got hired Animal. I just crossed 10 years with Animal. And yeah. uh, Congrats, like, working man. in the company. And Thank you, working in the company. And I remember, uh, I didn't know at the time when they hired me. And I found out this like you know a few months after the owner because he int- he uh, interviewed me, and I talked a lot. I didn't even realize he was the owner at the time, so I was very comfortable talking to him. <laughs> I, I, I might have froze up if I knew he was the owner a little bit. Yeah. And they said after that Gary has the gift of gab, so he'd be good for this position on the phones for Animal. <laughs> and I said, I'm still here, so I, yeah, I, I, I could talk. And make no mistake, make no mistake. I think I think you're a great guy too. I just haven't seen a cat in the background yet, so I <laughs> I don't have one. I got a dog. <laughs> so if people want to follow along with everything you're doing, uh, you know where do they follow you? And and do you have a, a do you have a code for animal? Anything else that you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, uh, if they want to follow me, the main. Uh, uh, Instagram would be the underscore real underscore G S I X. And I'm always on Instagram. I check the If you DM me, you know, that goes to the other, the other yeah. inbox. That I check that too all the time. I'm on top of it. So if you send me a message, I'll answer you. Um, and uh, animal doesn't have a code. Um, uh, live large is uh, my apparel sponsor. They make all like that hardcore, like uh Mostly powerlifting, but some bodybuilding. That's why I'm there. Um, I believe that my code is a GSIX10, so you get a little bit of uh, discount there. So, I'm you do any coaching, Gary? I do. Co- I do coach a few guys, and if somebody does reach out to me, I will work with them. You know, if it, if I think it's a good fit, and, you know, usually my guys are either lifestyle or local level guys, just because you know, if it, if it's a high higher profile guy, um, I usually would recommend them out to somebody who I know, you know, somebody that would be able to handle them a bit better than, than I would at this point. I had a, I had a client that uh, started with me, but he got himself to like the national level. And he told me, he goes, I, I'm actually thinking about going to work with uh, Matt Jansen. I said, I think that's a good idea. So I, I actually be for his, you know, instead of collecting money from this kid saying, no, 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 I'll get you right for North. I'm not trying to waste his time. Matt Jansen's a better coach than I am. He's been doing a lot longer. So, 
you know, I told him and he's still with him. So, you know, I have no problem with that. But if you're like, you know, just getting into it, you're a lifestyle guy, um, I'm definitely very accessible and can help you out. That's cool, man. Awesome. That's cool. Hashtag stacking bricks. Stacking bricks. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got to go, well, st- look- go, st- look- go stack bricks at a wrestling club right now. <laughs> I, I look forward to cheering for you in a couple of weeks, Gary. I'll be in the I'll be in the audience, and I'll definitely be watching bodybuilding. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll be backstage. I'll, I'll come talk to you too. I appreciate that, and uh, hopefully we can come out with something good. Hell yeah, Thanks guys! So for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Barry, I'm Scott McNally, and we've been joined today by the real G6, Gary Turner. We'll see you at uh, We'll see you in Jersey. Sounds good. 